0: You are about to listen to one of the five sample lessons for the Arizona Real Estate Salesperson Exam Prep Audio Lessons. The full length of this series of audio lessons is 8 hours and 42 minutes and consists of 20 individual lessons to help you prepare for the Arizona Real Estate Salesperson Exam. If you like these lessons, you might consider going and buying the full bundle of audio lessons at the website reexampodcast.com. Thank you. Welcome to this lesson entitled The Standard of Care. In this lesson, we'll be talking about some of the things that you're expected to do, a standard of care that you are expected to meet as a real estate professional, We'll talk about what happens if you do not live up to that certain standard that we're talking about. We'll talk about some of the different activities that you might be expected to do as a real estate professional. Those are all important as well. We'll talk about some things that are different about brokers and salespeople in the state of Arizona. And we'll talk about some prohibited activities and things that you must not do as a real estate professional in Arizona or else you... Punishments that you not like. So let's go ahead and get started. So firstly, let's just talk about what does it mean to have a standard. Uh, what is uh, what does that term mean? So it's just acting up to the professional standard of a real estate professional. There's there's a certain code of conduct that you are expected to live up to as a real estate professional. On one hand, you have the laws. So things that are set down by the government. If you don't live up to these laws, then you are going to get in trouble with the law and pay fines or jail time, that sort of thing. But that's not exactly the same as the professional standards. Professional standards are things that they're not necessarily part of the law, but they're still the best practice. And there are certain things that maybe if you, you don't do them, you're not going to get thrown in jail, but you aren't going to be the best real estate professional you possibly So that's a something to keep in mind. And However, falling below the standard, to say that you are being, you're doing certain things that are not living up to the standard of what can be expected of a real estate professional, you can be sued for negligence. You're not living up to the expect of your job, be sued so that people could get back there, so any damage. So we've got to be careful with these, it's not just... A law you have to worry about, but also sued for being a negligent person. And so it's really good to know to stay up on top of anything that we are expected to do. Sometimes things change. A professional organizations is a state that can help you with that, help you keep up on top of the latest and greatest. That's also why it's a good idea to keep up your continuing education. You have to have so much continuing education in order to renew your license each time. But it's a good idea just to, in general, even if it's not required, to keep up on all the latest trends and everything you should know. And what is considered a reasonable amount of care is going to vary based on the circumstances, too. You can't just apply a one-size-fits-all sort of approach. Use your good professional judgment. Well, one of the most important things that you need to remember is that something comes up that is beyond your area of expertise. You should not just guess. You You absolutely need to find somebody else to refer your client to in order to go ahead and get the questions. Because if you act like you know and you don't actually know, you give somebody bad information, then that can also count as falling under this standard of care. You're not doing your job right. You are misrepresenting information. It's a big one. You can't misrepresent things to your client. Don't know something, you pretend like you do, that's a lie. And that's going to in trouble. That's one of the biggest rules about being a sales- a salesperson or a broker is that you have to be completely honest. You can't just say what you think people want to hear. You actually have to completely forthright with your client if they, they are the truth, even if your client doesn't necessarily So what are some things that are going to fall under your responsibility as a real estate professional? Well, different real estate professionals specialize in things, so all of these might not apply to you, but there are certain things that will definitely apply to you. One of the things that real estate professionals do are broker's activities. You're act, acting as a broker or an agent on behalf of a buyer or a seller or a renter or leaser whatever. So you're acting using your expertise in order to help them buy or sell or lease a property. They're going to pay you a commission typically, and that commission is for your expertise because you know more about real estate than not only the laws of real estate, but also things like the current market conditions, things like that. Those are things that are worth paying for in their eyes, and so they're going to pay you their broker. So that's one thing. Another is marketing property, and that comes along with, so advertising. You list properties for sale, and then you tell people who are potential buyers about them. Say, oh, why, why they'd want to buy these particular property pictures. You write up descriptions. And here's another point where the standard of care is really important. You absolutely cannot misrepresent anything. You need to disclose everything that you know about the property, especially things that are going to affect whether or not somebody wants to buy it. So if there is a problem, that may not be a deal breaker, but you do need to go ahead and be honest about the issues that a house has. Because A lot of times people will be willing to go ahead and still work with it. They might be able to fix it up, but it, it sometimes it really might be a deal breaker. Make sure that people are not being misled. Another activity that you will do deals with locating property for potential buyers. So people say, well, i am got a family of four, and we're looking for a two-bedroom house in about this price range. What do we have? And so you can go out and use your contacts and figure out, oh, I've got three or four things that meet those criteria. So let's go ahead and set up some showings so you can go look and decide which is for you, responsibility that you will often take on. Then we have preparing purchase contracts. When somebody actually wants to buy something, there's a lot of paperwork that's involved. And so it's up to you to go ahead and prepare the contracts to go purchase Property, make sure that everything has been done according to the law. There's a lot of different things that go into the different appraisals and inspections that need to happen. So people who have to sign off on it, make sure that the financing is being secured, getting a mortgage. In a lot of cases, people are, and so on and so forth. So you got to make sure all of those things are done because that's not something that a lot of uh, ordinary people have a lot of expertise on. They don't know how to navigate contracts by themselves. And so that's something that they're paying you to go ahead and for them. Another thing that you'll do is negotiating with other parties. So let's say you're you're going in to go buy a piece of property and you're trying to get a better price for your clients. They can't quite pay as much as the other person's asking. And so you want to go back and you can go back, pick a counter offer. So for, for a little bit less to see if they'll be willing to take down the price a little bit so that's something that you do often in negotiating with people to try to get the best for your client or try to get a higher price if you're trying to sell the property or whatever another thing that you'll do a lot is just answering questions and providing info uh, so a lot of times people will just have general questions buying and selling property what contracts what kind of deals to take what's a good deal what's not a good deal and so on and so forth so big part of your job another one is uh, coordinating inspections so a um, property, before it changes hands, has to be inspected to make sure everything to code, everybody's doing the right thing. So that's um, an important part of your job as well, is to make sure inspections get done in a timely manner. Because some, Sometimes if something fails inspection, then you have to go back, fix a few things, and then have it inspected again. And so the inspector will come out an additional time to make sure everything is now okay where it wasn't before. That can be a process that happens more than once, so that's to keep in mind. Another thing that you're going to do is investigating your area of business and learning about it. So we talked a little bit about this continuing education that you need to keep on learning about your expertise so that next time you need to keep on learning about your field of expertise so that next time somebody asks you a question and you'll know the answer. That So if you don't know the one time, that's okay, but then go research and figure out what it is you didn't know last time so that next time you answer the question yourself and don't have to refer to someone else. So that's a, then another thing that you're expected to do is only receive commissions for your work. You're not supposed to pass along any of your other expenses to the buyer or the seller. So a real estate professional works for commissions. And you're not supposed to charge any other fees for your services. If you do that, that's something that can get you in trouble. You definitely don't want to take advantage of the people. Whom you are serving, especially if they're not aware of this, so only charge commissions, and commissions only happen if you actually close on the property. So that's another way, another reason that people really want to go ahead and see transactions through. They don't want to wait and not have it go through because then you won't be able to close on the property. Paid, so that's an important act of that as well. And then another thing that you are expected to do is if a person gets multiple offers on a piece of property, say they're selling their house. And there are multiple people who are to put an offer on it. They all want to buy it. But the client isn't quite sure. They don't know which one would be the best to do. That is your job to go ahead and give your honest professional opinion. As a broker, you're acting as what's called a fiduciary. And a fiduciary is someone who's acting in another person's best financial interests. You're not acting in your own best interests, but in the best financial interests of client. So you need to look at all of the variables and decide what would really be best for my client and tell them what you think, in your professional opinion, would be best for them. So real estate brokers in the state of Arizona have a unique power, unique ability. They are allowed by a constitutional amendment that was passed in the Arizona Constitution. The limited practice of law in order to draft purchase contracts and other documents for the transfer of real property. So in other states, you might have to have a lawyer go ahead and do this for you. But in the state of Arizona, it was determined that real estate professionals who are licensed can go ahead and do this themselves. Though they can't practice law in any context, of course, but they can use... Uh, their expertise to practice in this specific context. And so that's a good thing to remember. That's something that is not allowed in many other states, but that in Arizona is completely fine. So if you're coming from another state, you might not have been able to do that there, but in Arizona, that's completely fine. So we talked about a lot of the responsibilities that fall under your standard of care. Let's talk about a few things that are prohibited activities. These are things you definitely don't want to get messed up. If you are found guilty of doing something that goes against the standard of care, uh, you might have your license suspended. You might not be able. You might be denied renewal of your license. You might have your license, in fact, simply um, taken away. Or you might be also subject to civil or legal penalties. And so you don't want any of those things, certainly. So here's some things that you should definitely avoid. The first I've talked about a little bit already, and that's misrepresentation. That simply means lying. Whether you're misrepresenting something by straight up lying, or whether it's by omitting some facts, so it can really can be a sin of omission or a sin of commission. But either way, that's going to be a big problem. You can't misrepresent anything, whether it's a license that you have, whether it's the condition of a property, you can't misrepresent anything in advertising. That's a really big one. Just making sure that you don't misrepresent, that you're completely honest in everything there. Making false promises. So saying, oh, I, I promise I can get you this property for this amount of the sort. That is a false promise, so you don't want to... That goes along with misrepresentation. Then we have acting negligently. Negligence just means you're not doing everything you could have in order to help your clients. If you're, say, you're ignoring their phone calls, you're not getting back to them, you're not keeping up on the contracts, making the appointments that you need to make, things like that, that's acting negligently, and so that that can get you in trouble. Definitely do that. Also, demonstrating a basic lack of skill. So if you have gone through all of the education and all of the training, but you're still not keeping up on your skills, you demonstrate that you don't really know what you're doing, and that can get you in trouble as well. You're not paying attention to what you're doing, and so that makes a trouble for your particular people that you are trying to help. Acting as a blind dual agent, that's another really big one. So a dual agency is a time when you are representing both the buyer and the seller. And of course, that makes it really hard to be impartial. If you want to truly act as a fiduciary for both the buyer and the seller, that's going to be really tough. And so if you are a dual agent, that's something that you have to disclose to both the buyer and the seller, and they have to be on board with that. If not, uh, you're acting as a blind dual agent. And so you can get in really big trouble for doing that. That is something being dishonest, or you're trying to uh, represent both sides at the same time without telling the, the other side that you are representing the, the other end of the equation. That's a really uh, difficult balance to strike. So you've got to not do that as a blind duel. Substituting contracts for personal gain. So you're, you're trying to change something within a contract in order to personally gain from it somehow. So trying to raise the price so that you'll get a higher commission, that sort of thing. That's definitely not something you want to do ever. Another thing that we can, we talked about, fair uh, false advertising a little bit, but there's also uh, fair housing laws. That's a really important make sure to take care of. Uh, fair housing laws meaning that you cannot discriminate against people on the basis of some class that they belong to. So... Let's say uh, they belong to a certain race, they have a certain national origin, they are a religion, they are whatever protected class, they're disabled. So, if you refuse to do business with a person just because they belong to one class or another, or you give them a, a disadvantage for being part of that class, like you charge them a higher price, or what that's all discrimination and that's violating fair housing law, that can get you in really big trouble. So make sure that you don't ever do that. Uh, Not keeping complete records. It's really important as a real estate professional to make sure all of your records are completely up to date. Keep them for the required amount of time so that if there's an audit or something that comes back or there's a question, you need to make sure that your records are good enough so that you can show uh, what actually happened that's important co uh, commingling funds are a big one co- commingling funds means that you are mixing in money you've given been given by your client such as earnest money in with your personal funds and this can be really dicey because the um it's a lot, a lot easier if the funds are all just mixed together to go ahead and accidentally use those funds for something else and then when your client needs to actually retrieve those funds then they're not there. So don't co-mingle your funds. Always have a separate escrow account if you want to go ahead and take and put those funds aside. The next is lying on applications. Of course, if you are misrepresenting yourself on an application and that's found out, then a great deal of trouble. If you are employing an unlicensed person, let's say you are a broker and you are applying a salesperson, that person also has to be license they have to have the proper salesperson license they don't and you still employ them then you can get in trouble as there are activities that can only be done by a licensed real estate professional also taking a commission when you are not a licensed real estate professional that is a big problem you never want to take a commission you actually have the license for it and then not notifying the arizona department of real estate or adre of any time that you are convicted within 10 days. So if you've something wrong, and you are convicted of a crime or misdemeanor, then you have to report that to the Arizona Department of Real Estate within days. Failure to do so can further disciplinary action. You definitely want to do the right thing if that happens. So let's go ahead and go back, review what we learned today. I'm gonna ask you a few questions. If you can answer them well, then it's time to move on. If not, you might need to review what we talked about today and go ahead and try again. So my first question is, what in general is the standard of care? What do I mean when I talk about the standard of care? So the standard of care just means the level of service and care that you are expected to give your clients as a real estate professional includes like the laws, that are on the books, but also regulations that are set down by state agencies that dictate how you should act. That's the standard of care. What can happen to you if you fall under this standard of care, if you don't live up to what you should be doing? Different things can happen, but one thing that will likely happen is that you can get sued for negligence in your duties or you can have problems with the real estate commission with your license so make sure that you're always keeping up on the standard of care my next question is what should you do if you are met with something that is beyond your area of expertise someone asks you a question and it is beyond your expertise what should you do So in this case, you should always refer that person to another professional who is going to know what to do. You can't just try to answer it yourself and risk giving them bad information that they might act on and that could impact them financially. That's not fair. So always make sure that you are referring them to someone else who knows better. My next question is, what are some things that are going to fall under your duties when we're talking about being a real estate professional, what are some things that you will be expected to do? So there are all sorts of things that fall under this category. We have broker's activities, marketing properties, locating properties for buyers, preparing purchase contracts, negotiating with other parties, answering questions and providing info, coordinating inspections, investigating your area of business, and receiving commissions and not passing other expenses on to your clients, and informing clients of their options when they have multiple offers on a property. My next question is, what is a unique real estate power that real estate professionals have in the state of Arizona that they might not have in other states. What is a power that you have? So in this case, you have the power to practice a limited form of the law in order to prepare purchase contracts and other documents that help you transfer real property. That's not something that you can do in many other states you have to actually get a lawyer to go ahead and do that for you but in arizona you can bypass that and not have to worry about that my next few questions are going to be about some of these prohibited activities what does it mean to misrepresent something give me some examples of misrepresentation So misrepresenting is lying, it is distorting the truth in some way, and this can happen in many different ways. You can misrepresent the condition of a property, you can misrepresent your credentials, or all sorts of other things. So you definitely don't want to do that in any way, shape, or form. My next question is, what does it mean to act negligently? If you are being negligent, what does that mean? So if you're being negligent, that means you're not living up to your end of the bargain, your duties. You are not doing your duty to the best of your ability. because Often because of your negligence, something bad happens to your client or to you. So you definitely don't want to be negligent. My next question is, what does it mean to be a blind dual agent? A blind dual agent is something that you're not allowed to be. What does that mean? So being a blind dual agent means that you are representing both parties, so that both the buyer and the seller at the same time, but not informing both parties about that fact. So if you are a dual agent, you need to tell the other people so that they can understand what's going on. And finally, what are you required to do if you are convicted of a crime while you are a licensed real estate professional? What do you have to do? So in this case, you have got 10 days to go ahead and report that to the ADRE, D R E, they're the Arizona Department of Real Estate. If you don't do that, you can have even larger problems. So finally, I would like you at the end here to go ahead and just summarize what you think it means to uphold the standard of care. Just say as many things as you can that explain your understanding of what it means to live the standard of care as a real estate professional. So there's no one right answer to this, but you could say all sorts of different things. Saying Acting up to the standard of care is saying that you are maintaining the professional standards of a real estate professional, that you're not doing anything that's negligent, that you are giving reasonable care based on the circumstances that you're given, and that you are making sure to find out information for your clients from some other source if your own resources are exhausted. It means that you are really just doing your best to be a fiduciary for your clients. You're looking at their best financial interests. You're not doing anything that's dishonest. You're not doing something that is unethical. You're not doing something that is only for your personal gain, but you're putting the personal financial gain of your clients ahead of your own. You're not discriminating against everyone. You're treating everyone fairly and honestly and not using someone's status in a particular group to discriminate against them in any way. So something like that. Those are all things that fall under the standard of care. And so it just means being the best sort of real estate professional that you can be. And that is all for our lesson for today. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you learned from this last audio lesson, and if you did, you might consider buying the full bundle of audio lessons at reexampodcast.com. Best of luck in your studies.